Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm looking around, make sure I got everything. <laughs> Did I do everything? God, I am here, my Lord. I am here. Oh, God. I woke up, guys. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to brush my teeth every time God get me up. I mean, this is like the third time. You understand? The same day. Come on, man. Come on, man. Within less than three hours. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Can't have my gums raw like that. No, I ain't. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. I'm here, Lord. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. Thank God for waking up with joy like this. I'm trying to tell you, I am here, my Lord. Here, here, present, present. It is, I'm trying to tell you, I love you guys so much. It's like you have all of me right now and forevermore. But when I say all of me, like the way how I sound in the morning and everything, you know, I didn't know. No, hey, I'm here, okay? Okay, I'm trying to tell you, half of me is still in the bed, half of me is up here talking to you. It's going to be like that sometimes, but it's going to be like that right now. I'm trying to say, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm talking and I'm talking because I'm talking while I'm waking myself up, for real, for real. God, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It only take God to give me up. It's going to take only him. You understand? Imagine that little fingertip tapping on your shoulder, uh, sweetheart or whoever, however you be addressed. You know, you got you know, time to get up, you know. Just like our parents to do when he had to get up from school in the mornings. But our parents, ain't gonna play, our parents are not going to politely, you know, tap us on the shoulder and say, get up. They're going to scream your name. I know I had that. Nene, QJ, get up from school. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you understand? Too scared not to get up. <laughs> get up, let's go. Okay. God. You understand? Now imagine God waking us up like that. Calling you by name. Get up for your assignment. You understand? Okay, Father. Sound like a little bit, a little bit of, uh, what's his name? James Brown. Get up. Get on up. <laughs> oh, God. That man put the hat. Get up. Get on up. God. That's how I feel this morning. Oh, God. I got to fold up my blankets, man. I don't need, they, they being balled up right now. I'm letting you know what's going on in my end. The blankets are being balled up. You know how you fold, you know how you post a fold and you just like roll them over? I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. It's like that right now. Let me get to the purpose as to why I'm here. I got to get up. Get on up. I'm trying to tell you. God. Father. Oh, God. I'm here. I'm here. Eyes are not all the way open, but I am here. I'm here. Yes, Father. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. 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 We cannot have the attitude, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Never mind, I can figure it out. No, you need help. We all need help. It is so amazing how God sent our help. 
who he sent out help by. In what shape or what form, it doesn't even matter. It's the voice of God. God, I need a financial breakthrough. Somebody calling. I'm about to sow a seed or try to do something to release a financial breakthrough in your life. No, I got it. I'm good. (laughs) Mr. Blessing. Father this, father that. Here it is. Never mind. I got it. No, I got it, God says. I got it. Because I got you. I supply you. You cannot ever think you can supply me or yourself. Because every time we try to supply our own needs, we found ourselves, we find ourselves coming short and coming up short and coming up short and coming up short every single time. Not even financially. When it comes to words of wisdom, I got it. When it comes to God having you to fellowship, I got it. We cannot have the attitude, I don't need anybody. I don't want anybody. You are so worthy in the eyes of God that he blessed people within your path. That's how much he value you. That's how much his eyes are on you. To be there. Let him be there. I come against the spirit of pride. And release the spirit of humility. See we can't just come against things. We can't just speak up the problem. You got to speak up the problem to release the solution. You can't just declare without decreeing. You can't just use your faith and not expect the works. You can't just cast down nothing and not to expect to receive. You can't expect God to get things up out of you and fill those voids. You cannot expect to be here in the earth or the earth, however you hear, and expect God not to be your provider. I love Jehovah Jireh because you know why? He provides everything. Stop putting the limits saying he only provides money. No, he provides the healing. He provides the Nisi. He provides the Shalom. He provides, come on somebody. The Sikhanu, he provides. The beginning, he supplies the end. He's our Yahweh, our creator. His responsibility as a creator is to provide. That's like nowadays, women with their men, with their husbands. I got it. Let me help you, sweetheart. I got it. Even when it comes to us as women single. Some of us are too independent. Independency is, you know, is to be granted. But not in a sense that you don't depend on God. Now you can stand and you will stand and you shall stand with all you do stand. But just know why you're standing. You have help. 
Don't have the attitude, I got it. I don't want no one to know. You don't have to parade up and down about your business. But when God send you and I help, know that help come from the Lord. We missing too many blessings like that. I know I have countless of blessings. Hallelujah. And you can know the difference between a blessing and a negative motive. You know the difference between good and evil. You know the difference between right and wrong. High and low. Left and right. You know what's God and what's not. Satan ain't going to send nobody your way to prosper you. Satan not going to send nobody your way to bless you. Period. Hallelujah. My body is taking a little longer to get up than usual. I can feel it. Jesus. I thank God. However you want to bless me, Lord. Bless my neighbors, Lord. We receive. You provide everything. You provide the jobs, the resources, the people, the person, place, and the things. As a provider, you are our Jehovah Jireh. Our provider. You provide yourself, you provide your son, you provide your love. Your blessings, your favor. My mind is constantly going, going, and going. That it takes me to lie on God's chest to go to sleep and calm down. It's going, it's going, because I'm already gone. The angels are talking to us nonstop, nonstop. And it's not just by verbally talking to us. Not just verbally talking to us. They communicate just like God. With many, many miracle signs and wonders following. In any way, shape, or form. We cannot disregard anything, anyone that God sends our way. That's denying our path. Because he placed it right there before us. As we continue to walk the journey with God, which is our path. Hallelujah. So we got to get rid of the pride. I got it. I don't need. I don't want. If I don't have, I must don't need. God want to give you more. He's going to grant you favor, which you already have granted favor to receive more. Receive, receive, receive. And everything I'm saying to you, it applies to me. Receive. That's putting a limit on when you say, I got it from this way, but you want God to still provide what he just sent your way. But you want to come a specific way. I got it. He's not going to always increase your bank account. He's going to increase your life financially in so many ways. 
take the limits off. Hallelujah. When it comes to receiving a word from God to become better, don't say it's not for me. I don't need it. And you know it applies to you. Especially if I know if it applies to me. He must receive it. Hallelujah. Father, I don't know what took place with my vision when you showed me you yesterday. Yet my eyes have never been the same since. I'm trying to tell you, they have never been the same since. God said they are enlightened. Your eyes have came enlightened. And you got to get used to how it naturally feels. Sometimes you got to wear it till it feels comfortable because it's brand new. Just like somebody receiving a brand new house as a single person. And, you know, at night you get a little nervous. It's just you in that dark, quiet house. Got to get comfortable. Got to get used to it. Everything that God places in your life, you got to get used to it. Get comfortable with it. But just expect you to come up higher in it. Don't have the attitude, I got it. Hallelujah. God has shown me the word junior. J-R period. <laughs> As sons and daughters of God, we are juniors. <laughs> because we are just like our daddy. Hallelujah. We are just like our Father. God has given us all of Him in exchange for all of us. Don't ever say, I got it. I don't need it. When it comes to you having something to admit and confess, let it be words of wisdom. Knowledge and understanding. Don't deny the help. Don't deny the help. God can send that enemy to come and help you. I'm trying to tell me. I mean, I'm trying to tell you. It has happened many a times. The same person who persecuting you may be the same one God used to bless you. Because he said he would prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Hallelujah. Today, right now, it's just taking me a little longer to get up. It's 4-11. And up off and on. And it's okay. I'm talking to you guys. You're more personal. I won't go live saying these things. No. That's why when we have relationships with people, you know, there are also standards that we have. Regarding our space and how close people can become that we will allow to be in our space. And it's how God wanted to be. And you guys are in my space. Hallelujah. I thank God for you. Worry for nothing. Everything we need is in his presence. Hallelujah. I love you so much. I thank God. This is the longest it ever took me to get up. Yeah. (laughs) 
in my adulthood. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I mean what I'm saying, and I'm saying exactly what God means. When God keeps showing me things, it's for you to hear because he's also talking to you. You are also encountering. I just cannot physically hear your end, but I am a part of your end because I'm a part of you. We are linked up. And I'm seeing these two rams in the bush regarding you and those who are connected to you. God is our supplier. Let him do it. You know how many rams he have in a bush prepared before you? That's just nothing but God's wonders. His wonders. Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> I can hear James Brown in my head. Get up. Get on up. Oh, God. Jesus. That man said, get on the scene. <laughs> oh, God. Something like that. With the gangster lean. Oh, God. Did that man say gangster lean? Oh, God. I don't even know what that pose looked like. <laughs> What's the gangster lean? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hear him in my head, yeah. <laughs> He's in the kingdom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that man speaking right now. Get up. <laughs> Get on him. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God. God is showing me a tropical atmosphere. And it's amazing because my idea of a tropical atmosphere is in the tropical lines. The rainforest where it's tropical. You know, with the toucans and, you know, the panthers and, you know, the water, the streams, the constant of showers, the rainforest, tropical. But God is saying, no, it's a tropical island, a tropical beach, a tropical atmosphere, tropical. He's just saying things. I'm just receiving you receiving. You know, I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like touchdown every time he talked to me. Okay, got it. <laughs> it's like he's throwing the ball. I catch it. Got it. <laughs> Trying to tell you. I have to know everything he means. We don't. Just know that everything worked together for our good. It does. But stop thinking we got it all. Stop thinking we know it all. And that's why God had me up here. Too many of us know it all. We're trying to tell God what to do. We're trying to speak for God. But we are speakers of God. You know when a person is speaking from themselves and putting God on it because you keep saying the same messages and you keep coming in the same way. You understand? God is past that. Obviously, you're not past that. You got to come up higher than that. I'll never forget, I was in, you know, the first high school I was in, Eastern High School, and there was a football game night. I wasn't even in the football. I just enjoyed the scenery, coming to school in the evening with everybody on the bleachers, cheering and shouting our school on. And I would never forget this light-skinned man. I'll never forget. He had a very low haircut, if any hair at all. He had on this suit, and I was smoking a blunt. But I was fanning the smoke so no one would know what they can smell. 
And this man just turned around, looked at me and said, Jesus saves, and sat back down and turned around and didn't say nothing else. I couldn't even enjoy the high that I thought that was put before me. I just passed the blunt, the person that was sitting next to me. What am I doing? That man sent that man there to be a reminder. And he stood out. Everybody got on school colors and, you know, T-shirt and jeans. You sitting there in a suit. Everybody cheering and shouting. You just sitting there still as if you're on an assignment. Not even aware of the scripture. You entertain angels unaware. As a child of God, no matter what you do, angels are sent your path to keep you, to minister unto you and I. They are entertained by the God in you, by knowing what their position and co- dispatch and commission to do. And that angel was sent to me in a disguise. But the thing about it is, he stood out. So it wasn't much of a disguise. I couldn't even enjoy my high. You ever witness something, you know, trying to be somebody you're not and you're trying to play it all with the people around you, trying to fit in, but you're looking like, I don't even belong here. I don't do this. This don't even feel right. I'm smiling on the outside. I'm crying with them. What this man just said to me. Sat right in front of me. And the bleachers are very close. Turned around. Jesus saves Turned back around and sat down and didn't move the rest of the game. Commission like that. How many other angels God send out path every day? I'm in the 7-Eleven just smiling. The line out the wall. But I'm steady smiling. My days are over being, you know, rushing the cashiers. Rushing the waitresses and the waiters. No, I'm being patient. Even though sometimes you're ridiculously waiting, but I'm, in, I'm being patient. Because you got to know everything that you do, you're on an assignment. You cannot be impatient in your assignment while you're on your assignment. You got to remain who you are at all times. Because God had people to encounter his presence through you. So what's causing them to be acting the way they're acting, they need God in you. You have to see every opportunity it's to cease prosper. I mean, it's to release prosperity. Hallelujah. To release, to release. And James Brown, like, get up, get on up. Ah, still trying to tell me to get up. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And what happened was this man coming to get gas. Staring at me. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm smiling at everybody. People being frustrated. Oh, I'm like, you know, just smiling. It ain't no fake smile. It's a real smile. Becoming better, making adjustments. You know, being, you know, communicating to whoever around me, you know, talking to the people in the store. You know, who wants to conversate due to them conversating them, you know, giving my feedback positively. 
There's always a line in this store. They always taking their time. Yeah, they don't. They have other workers, but sometimes they just have one. You know, for about eight or nine hours by themselves. You know, so sometimes you know they seem to get tired. You know, in other words, be patient. You have a choice. You want to stay in line or you want to go to another store. Just don't stand here and complain. And that goes for everybody. I start with myself. Because we love our neighbors. We have to demonstrate that. Even when they're acting like they're not a neighbor. And this man, before he left the store, he looked at me and said, excuse me, can I say something? Sure. Don't you stop smiling like that. Don't you stop being the way you are because we need that. You'd be surprised just what your smile and your presence could do to somebody like me who was on their way to do something that you have no idea. But because of what I just seen, due to a beautiful smile, I changed my mind. Keep doing what you do. You understand? That was this year. And I begin to say, Father, what was he about to do? God said, what matters most is that he's not doing it now. Keep doing what you do. Just because people don't say anything doesn't mean anything. Yes, I did used to be that way. When I first got on Facebook, it was just to release a word and get right off. But then I begin to realize some people's, you know, ways can rub off on you. And you have to be careful about that. Because Q don't go off of lights. Q not moved by views. Q not moved by followers. That's why I took you being able to see how many friends that I have. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Things that could gain a person's eye. If I could take off people vi- uh, no, being able to see the views and comments, I would take it off. Because it doesn't matter. Do it, guys. Some of us walk around like it really matters. We feel puffed up because we got 300, 200 likes or views. No one listening to you. It's God. Some of us go above and beyond for views. It feels so important. And most of the views are your family and friends. Know that you are important. Do it matter. At one point you weren't even tripping off of that. Now somebody coming to you. Look at all these people that are looking at you. Oh, wow, yup, yup, yup. Let me put something else up there. See? See how easy it is to boast? And how much easier it is to not. It's okay to be supported, of course. We're supposed to support one another, but know the motive. Don't feel less worthy because, you know, people inbox me more than they put like or comment on my page. You know how many inboxes I get? Because everybody is not wanting everybody to know that it's me you're talking to, God. You understand? When we go to the altar, we dedicate our lives or give our lives. 
We don't just come out and just confess what we down there for. Oh, I just been watching pornography the other night. Oh, yeah, I just fornicated. Yeah, I just smoked. Yeah, I went to the club. Yeah, I just, you know, committed a murder. I just did fraud. Come on, somebody. You shall and you will give that baby back. You shall and you will give that baby back right now. Now. God just showed me. Thank you in Jesus' name. God just showed me a woman who feels that she's barren and her husband really wants a baby. And he's getting frustrated, ready to leave. So she's pretending to be pregnant. And now that it's time for the baby to be born, she pretends to be a nurse. And what a great time to become a nurse because they need them right now during this time. You can become a nurse without a CNA, without being an RN certified. They just give you, as long as you got your... You know, CPR, you know, card. And your word that you will help keep a life. You can come and work and get the training that you need. In other words, you can start on the great one. And she went there as a nurse to take someone's baby from the nursery. But that would never happen. Because I just said it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. I had a co-worker in the past who got married and given birth and someone came to her house to take pictures of her and her daughter. In the midst of, she turned her back, trusting this woman to take pictures of her daughter while she's going to get more outfits the lady tried to run off. She was like, oh, you got the wrong one. They got the wrestling in their house over that newborn baby. To the point the mother got stabbed up. About eight times stabbed up. The lady was fighting for her baby. And she didn't even give birth to. She still won the, she still won the battle. You're not going to come in here and take my kid. I'm risking my life for mine. And that's what she did. Those wounds healed up. Those wounds healed up. But she will be quick to show you her wounds for what she done for her kid. And when her husband came home and saw his wife in all that blood and baby crying. Jesus. Jesus. He didn't know what happened until she was able to recover. And guess what, guys? They caught the woman. She did her time in jail, which wasn't no time at all. About a two-year sentence. And she reached out to the woman and said, I forgive you for what you did. I forgive you. Even though you tried to kill me to take my kid, I forgive you. 
Now imagine that. Hallelujah. I don't mind sharing this story. God said, not yet. Okay, Father. Okay, Father. Hallelujah. God will be done. Yes, Father. Okay, let me testify this story. It really touched my heart. When it comes to these adoptions, it really touched my heart. Because some people just don't do it for the love. They do it for the money. And these kids come into a family wanting to feel loved and appreciated and being defiled more than they are in the orphanage. Here's a story that happened in Tennessee to a family member of mine. Very close. Little girl. And this person decided to name their child after me. But they couldn't no longer take care of their child. So they gave their child up for adoption. And the adopted parent had four other adopted children. Everything was, you know, right to be fit in the court system to have a child, you know, being adopted in your care again because they see you have three others. And all of a sudden, God used a vessel to say, go type up the person's name that adopted the child. I typed it up. Breaking news, here's a mugshot. This man with his boyfriend got into a huge altercation after they was off of acid, heroin, mushrooms, PCP, weed, alcohol for years. They found it in the home. They had numerous of dogs, pit bulls, and cages that been neglected, patches and fragile dog feces all over the house. Beautiful connect, uh, beautiful community that no one knew because the houses are so they royal. It's a royal neighborhood, so the homes are not close together. But everybody look out for the neighbors by seeing they notice anything different, anyone that they don't recognize, you know, they would, you know, keep an eye on it. But everything was looking good on the outside, but in the inside it was complete horror. The children were being neglected, disrespected. The guys' boyfriends were fighting all the time. And I mean violently to the point one almost, you know, bit the other finger. It was hanging almost off the hand. Fighting that like that. And the story was breaking news for the little girl. The one that was adopted, that is a relative of mine. They found her floating upward in the middle of the backyard pool at the age of two. No one was paying attention to her. She got out the house 
made it to the backyard, slipped in, fell in, jumped in. However, she was in the pool. And no one knows how long. And they said she's in critical condition during the time of the paper. The two gentlemen are locked up. The children that, that are adopted are in special custody. and The state is furious because they don't want to prove this man to adopt the children who've been neglecting the children, abusing the animals, and neglecting this little girl that she ended up floating to the top of the pool. They had to do CPR and all kinds of surgeries on this two-year-old little girl fighting for her life in ICU because no one was watching. And the homes are surrounded to the point the neighbors can't even see. So when the neighbors see the paramedics coming and rushing because one of the men came home from Walmart, it's in the paper. As I came home from Walmart, I see my daughter floating up in the top of the pool. But my boyfriend was home, supposed to be watching. Hallelujah. We were furious when we read the article. Why no one told us? You got to realize when your family member, it don't matter what family member, how close it is, when they are adopted, legally, they're no longer your family member. But blood-wise, biology, I mean, you know, seriously, do blood, they are. Hallelujah. But legally, they're not. So no one has to tell you anything. And you're not supposed to even know anything. Because you're no longer their family member. Because that member, as a parent, signed up their right to no longer be a parent. So someone else can adopt and they become in their family. The name been changed and everything. And sometimes it may sound like a good idea to do, but if God don't put it in you to do it, then you must not do it. You must be led. Because it'll sound really good for me to adopt this family member. And God said, no. No. I'm not placing that responsibility on you. No. I know you mean well, but no. I said, okay, God, because you know I would do it. No. She survived the incident, but they don't have any more updates because she's a minor. He had been locked up and incarcerated for about a year, had to do parenting classes, make a long story short, as of right now, she's back in his care as his, you know, not biological, excuse me, his adopted daughter, legal daughter, legally. And the person who informed us about it was saying, you know, I'm just letting you know, but I don't have to. Because you're no longer their family member. I know it sounds harsh, but you're not. You're not. The right's been terminated. Due to the parent who given birth. 
They turned the child over to the hands of the state. Hallelujah. Many of us have many reasons as to why we have done that. Hallelujah. And guess what? It is what it is. And many of us who have done that get ourselves together and want to go back. And many of the children grow up wanting to find out to come back. But I just felt, you know, so disturbed by what I read. I seen this man. I encountered this man with this family member many a times. You didn't appear to be not trustworthy. Now that we think about it, that's why you were so quick to leave out of state. Because you said you will always keep this member, you know, available for us to see and connect to. You promised us that. But you can also break your promise when the adoption is finalized, which they normally do. Because you can still, before it's final, somebody in the family, if anybody step up, that child could go with them. So they give you all the promises in the world. And most of them be broken when they are finally adopted. And during this time, in this day and age, everybody not, you know, where they need to be to add in another child when they got kids of their own. You can't fault no one for that. But I really was considering God was like, no. Mm Mm-mm. No. So I kept that member lifted up that you will always be okay. You always be fine. You know? That got to be a tough spot to be in. To not know you adopted or even to know you adopted and wonder where are your biological parents. You know what I'm saying? But you got to see the bigger picture. Thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. Why God is on this subject, he know why. Let him be. That's what he want to talk about. Because it started out with me wanting to say something and God said, wait a second. You know, hold off on that. Then he said, go and release it in a different way. To hear your family member in the care of a stranger who was neglecting them. Almost died, floated up at the middle of the pool. What in the world? And we have no updates on what, you know, what happened after that. We know she's back in their care. We know she's still living, but we don't know her, you know, abilities. We don't know what happened with her, you know, mental state. I mean, you drowned. At the age of two. There was water in your brain, water in your your lungs. For a long time, they said, thank God that he answers our prayers. Because she's a miracle as to her still being here. Hallelujah. 
And I pray that the parent get themselves together and stop having all these babies. If you don't want to take care of these kids, stop having them. It's easy to conceive a child. But it's so much precious to be there for that, you know, human being who needs you. What child wants to grow up and feel they're not wanted? Even with a biological parent in the home. It's because you're in the home don't mean you're there. Who wants to feel they're not wanted? Jesus. Who wants to hear what they're doing wrong all the time? Who wants to feel outcast? Who wants to feel nagged on? Or oh, even saying things like, you look like your father, you look like his side, you look like your mother, you look like her side. Or the bickering, the fussing, the fighting around these kids. I don't know what God's going to do with me with children that's not mine, but it got to be something done. Because it's too much in my heart not to do nothing. You understand? Working with these kids that I had when I was there for 15 years, guys, I don't seen kids been burnt, abused. And I try to give the parents a chance. You can't make assumptions because things do happen. As a mandate reporter, as a mandate reporter, certified to be a mandate reporter. And as the lead teacher, wait, don't be so quick to say something. Just see what it is. Sometimes it was out of our hands and sometimes it was actually accidents. There was a father I would never forget received the healing. He was a male chauvinist and he was abusing his wife and his child. He would abuse her more for trying to stop her from abusing the, the boy. And he was so timid, so fragile, and always so nervous, shaking all the time. I would hold him, he would jump, like, oh, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. What's all these bruises on you, boy? Every time I address the parent, I'd be one-on-one. I'm not going to, you know, have no other parent be embarrassed by calling them out in front of other people. No, I'm going to sit down with you. I noticed these things. And how can you, I don't know how you ever thought that I could notice these things if I have to change this child's diaper. If I have to change this child's clothes. If this child's in my care, period. I don't know how you thought that I would not recognize this. Can you please explain these bruises? Because these are way too many. I'm only coming to you. Please explain. Well, they're clumsy. They always falling down the steps and make sure it never, it doesn't happen. I don't want to see this no more. But I had to write it down. I had to record it. They kept happening. I had to report it. A lot of things took place. He got the help that he needed. 
but I had to put him in his place because he was very rude, very racist, and a male chauvinist at the same time. Look, you black woman. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What you just say? Hold on, you came in my space and you just said, what? Hold up, you black. You cut me off from greeting you to say, shh, hold up, you black woman. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I politely corrected the situation that it may never happen again. And thank God it never did. Don't let the age fool you. Wisdom don't come with age. It comes with God. Don't you dare ever think to dare to stand in my face and say anything like what you just did. Let's try this one more time. Step out of my classroom. And let's try it again. Oh, this woman don't play. His wife was looking like, oh, she don't play. This young girl don't play. Good. Somebody's standing up to him. That's how she looked at me. She winked her eye like, good. He needs it. Because I'm sick of his mouth too. It took this young woman to say something. And guess what he did? He walked out my classroom. Closed the door behind him. And he tried it again. If your son continued to have these bruises. He would no longer be your son. And guess what? He broke down. Well, my father did this. It all came out. And I became a counselor. I'm trying to tell you. Then I became a nurse. A psychologist. A friend. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. When we fuss and fight and argue in front of kids, it causes their nervous system to be distracted, to be disrupted. And it causes shaking, nervousness, biting fingernails, biting the lips, peeling the fingers, poking themselves with sharp objects to release the pain. Grow up in fear, anxiety, depression, scared, timid, nervous of everything. When you fuss and fight in front of children. I witnessed that a lot in my home. Even me and my sister as teenagers, my mother were were dating and the guys would try to be overprotective or possessive or try to tell her what she cannot do. And one guy reached his hand. She went in our room. Oh, you came to the right place. We were asleep, but we heard her voice. Oh, we jumped up. Oh, you not playing with our mother. My sister was more, you know, a demonstrator of action than I was. God. Jumped on that man back like that. Jumped on that man back. I'm trying to say. And what I did, I was 
I'm very quiet, very, you know, very loving. But I was, what, 13? I politely walked up to this man. I waited waited until everybody, you know, wasn't around. I said, if you attempt to put your hands on my mother again, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. That's exactly what I said. And that's exactly what I meant at the time. And God knew where I was coming from, but it wasn't the right thing to say. But God understood where I was coming from, from a house of abuse. No one's going to put their hand on my mother ever again. If you think you're going to put your hand on my mother, you're not going to be here. 12 years old, 13, 12 to 13, talking to this man. And he, guess what? It scared the crap out of him because I had a knife in my hand when I was saying it. And he know he got to go to sleep. She said, she going to kill me in my sleep. He told my mother what I said. Did you say you're going to kill him? I denied it at first. I didn't say that. No, I didn't say Did you say you're going to kill him? Yes, I did. She didn't say anything. She didn't say that wasn't right. Don't do that. No, she didn't say nothing. She probably was like, good. At least I might say something. That man slept with a chair by the door every night. He was so, every time he looked at me, he looked look back twice again. He was, he was so scared. He didn't want to eat his food, check to see if I put poison in it. He knew I meant what I said. And I said exactly what I meant. And I thank God he didn't. Because by our parents making poor decisions, there are children right now today, sons and daughters in prison, because doing things like that for their parent who made a poor decision. You understand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I lift up every child in the world and I give them back over to you. I give every child back over to you who has not yet been given over to you due to confession. I confess it. You say the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Here is my prayer regarding every child. Baby, newborn, teenager. You put that passion in me. That's your heart regarding it. Jesus, I became like a Joe Clock, I'm trying to tell you. So loving, but so firm. It's serious. Sometimes I feel like I'm a, you know, a judge, but not too judge, if you get what I'm saying, to help the situation so it could become better. Feel like I'm in like I have my own courtroom. I really feel like that. I really do. With the robe and everything. Judge Quinisha in his peace. That's how I feel. Because God uses us to make things better. People stand before you day to day. And God uses you to make it better. They don't walk away the way they came in the courtroom. Jesus Christ. So they won't be judged. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said, I know you care so much about kids. I will have you to visit some learning facilities and some child care facilities. And, you know, just lift them up in prayer. Just lift them up in prayer. Just to have every child to know you are somebody. <laughs> you are loved. Even teenagers. When they see me walking with my child or doing things with my child, I can see the young boys like, dang, yeah, that's what's up. Back in my day, we hide from our parents. We got it, mom. No, don't kiss me before I go to school. And you'll be teased. But these days, no, the kids are begging for attention. They are begging for attention. Been neglected too long. The hardest kids that seem to be the hardest be the main ones. I wish somebody could walk me to school. And I can see it right through them due to the give of discernment. David, you got a good mother, man. That's good, your mother, you know. That's good you got a father that's there, you know. But I don't know his father, and, and it's not my concern. I know what I do. You understand? As a mother, you know. As a mother, us as women, we can't just give up our kid and, and, and come when we want to come. We gave birth to this child. We are fully responsible, even though the father is too, but many of them come and go as they please. And the children know. They know. You don't have to say anything. Please don't. I advise you, please don't. I will make another episode after this. Please don't have your kids, you know, your father or mother don't do nothing. They don't do jack. I do everything. I know God does. God does. I let my son know every day, it's God, it's God, it's God, it's God. God is so good. Yes, he is. It's God. Did everything that he, you know, can imagine that, that he wouldn't thought that, you know, somebody, no, God. Wow, he does everything. Yes, he does. God, I love God. Yes, we do. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> yes. We got to do something for him. You all continue to live. <laughs> continue to praise. Continue to live a life with him. I thank God for that. The kids see the difference in my son. And they just look at him and be like, man, your son is so cool. He's different. We love his difference. His difference is not weird. His difference is not crazy. His difference is really cool. It's unique. We love him. It's not like everybody. And he's and the good thing about it is some of the kids say to me, it's so it's like he, he's okay with you know being the way he is. He's okay being different. And that was so not his mother's testimony. When God said your children, children be blessed, I'm trying to tell you, as for me in my house, my my son, I'm trying to tell you, that was not my upbringing. I felt strange, I looked strange, I act strange, but people loved it. But I didn't I wasn't comfortable with it. I wasn't. I was trying to, you know, fit in like everybody else, you know, but it wouldn't work. So I say, forget it. I surrender to it. Okay, God, do what you do. So the purpose of me being here this morning is for me to get up. I get on that. I'm just playing. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I'm going back to bed after this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I love you guys so much. Continue to pray for me as I continue to pray for you. And everything that I lifted up, you agree with me. Lift it up with me. Hallelujah. My time. Greater is using us than use in the world. I love you.